Welcome back in, and we do have a, a lot of questions have been flying in, which is fantastic, both on our live stream on YouTube and on the text line. Double eight, double three questions for Scotty Sattler and Cam George coming up later on in the show as well. But we welcome in uh, great league player, player, better human. Scotty Sattler joins the show. Sats, welcome in. Thank you, Steffi. How are you? Very. I'll tell you what, I'm becoming a big fan of Sats and the Rat. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we were very excited when... A few weeks ago, um, our bosses in Victoria and Melbourne were telling us that we're going to go into to New Zealand, and um, yeah, just and we've had great contribution from uh, all the way down in Invercargill, uh, Timaru, there's been Tamuka, to Arnau, uh, all the way up in the North Islands, out, out around uh, Whangarei as well. It's been really good, uh, Christchurch, yeah, it's really good support for the show. So, and being married to a South Island Kiwi girl as well, it's uh, it's always a place that's close to my heart. Just ups your stocks, Sats, for us Kiwis <laughs> over here. But, um, gosh, there's so many stories around rugby league, which makes it so consumable for us. Um, a lot of bullet points, a lot of questions will be coming in around Corey Horsburgh getting four matches, Jared Wairi Hargreaves getting seven matches because he crazily tried to contest. These are, <laughs> these, are, these are damaging. But two teams that are struggling anyway, were they expected for you, Sats, those two big, big um, suspensions? No. Well, probably Jared Worry Hargrave's one because he's always had a target on his head, Jared, because he, he likes to fly close to the to the edge. He's just that style of player. Um, he's in his last year of his contract next year with the Roosters. You would think that he'd probably retire after that. But he's one of those players, Staffy, you've just got to have in your sight. Every team's got to have a lunatic. <laughs> you've got to have... You've got to have someone where you're looking through the corner of your eye. And, and the Warriors have got that this year. They've got two of them. They've got Adam Fanilla Blake and Marada Niakore. He's... And every team's got to have one if you're going to win a comp. And he's been their alpha male for a number of years. And, and now he f- flies a little bit close to the edge with the way the game is going with its rules and the judiciary. Seven weeks, I thought, is probably a little bit harsh. But in saying that, it's the way they've been. They've been pretty consistent uh, with some of the charges. Corey Horsburgh, on the other hand, I think it's an absolutely ridiculous suspension, to be quite honest. I thought it was just a really good contact. Yeah, he did tuck his arm into his side of his body, and yes, it would be gauged as a shoulder charge, and they have been consistently suspending players for that. But four weeks, I mean, thats I think that's a little bit extreme when we're trying to take... You know, I think it looks as though sometimes we're trying to take um, that brutal contact out of the game, which is always going to happen in contact sports. Um, there was no injury, there was no contact to the head, and I thought four weeks was a little bit extreme. Huge talking point over here is not only around the Warriors who have rested um, all their stars just about, I would say. There's a good six or seven of them and a couple are injured. Torhu Harris injured. We'll, find, we'll get, hopefully get an update from Cam George. But the absolute carte blanche resting of both the Storm and the Broncos and a number of other teams is, has riled some up. Um, but we're getting a lot of comments here saying rap Sean Johnson up and cotton wool and bubble wrap. Um, we, <laughs> all the top four clubs packed themselves when they saw what happened to Luai, so they're resting all their guns. Um, where do you stand on this resting before playoffs? Uh, well, I suppose we play in a different era now where your performance department really owns this time of year. Uh, and what I mean by that is your strength and conditioners, your physios, all that team that makes up getting the best performance out of your players. So, yeah, they, they have a fair bit of say around uh, about the workload. There's this famous word now in rugby league, which is workload. What's your workload? And everyone's got a number mm. or some sort of uh, 
gauge about what your workload is. And if you've reached that workload or you've played X amount of games, if a coach would have come to me and said, listen, you played every game and in every second... So our year that we won the comp, I played every second of, of every game that year. Wow. And along with four other four or five other players as well, um, if a coach would have come to me and said, we're going to give you this week, uh, weekend off, I'd have said, go and bite your ass. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but we play, we're, we're in a different world now, and we've got to accept that. Yeah, to be able to rest players means you've earned the right to, and you've got to look at it from a positive sense. Now, to the fans, it's not great because if you've, if you're going to a game or you're a member or you've got a corporate box or it's a, it's a big game with the Broncos in Melbourne, well, you've you got the right to be a little bit disillusioned. But the way I like to look at it, Staffy, I like to take the half-glass full approach is that you get to see some of the... I mean, once upon a time in rugby league, Staffy, we used to have the under-21s who played at 12 o'clock and you had reserve guy played at one thirty, and then first grade played at 3 o'clock. And you, as a fan, you got to sit on the hill or in the grandstands and you got to watch the kid that was 19 years of age play under 21s. Mm. Then he'd come on in second grade and you'd watch his progression. You played part of his, his development to become an NRL player. And, and I feel as though that with the Cowboys and the Storm game especially, uh, sorry, the Broncos and the Storm game, it's got the ability to look at some really exciting young players we're going to see in coming years. And there's a number 14 that's playing for the Broncos called Blake Moser. He's a hooker. And he plays like Cameron Smith. He's, I think he's a potential superstar, so we're going to see him for the first time. But a young kid, number 14, playing for the Melbourne Storm called Sua Fa'alongo, who's a fullback for the uh, the Sunshine Coast Falcons, Melbourne Storm's feeder club. He plays like Roger Tuivasa-Shek. He's, wow. he's an absolute kid. I can't wait to see him play. And I suppose from a positive perspective, to see some really good youngsters play and the same for the Warriors some players that haven't got to play a lot in minutes this year they get to you know, play um, play in the NRL if they haven't played much this year so the only way they're going to I think get the best teams to play their best players is the $200,000 prize money you get for minor premiership if that you share that with the playing group because at the moment you don't share it with the playing group you just it just goes to the club it goes on their bottom line so mm. If you want to get the best players playing in the last round, well, I suppose the prize money probably needs to be shared amongst the playing group. Would a competition-wide buy after this week, so next weekend, no NRL, we know the eight, we know who you're playing, you all get the week off, would that help or hinder? Because for me, there's so many factors that's that um, there's no rugby league for the weekend. You lose your impetus that's been in a wonderful season, but it would stop the marquee players resting this last round. Or would it? No, I think it'd be a good idea, uh, Staffy. Uh, the AFL introduced that, I think it's about 2016. I think it's a really good idea. I suppose what's different for us is that we've got the NRLW now. Now, I know the Warriors are going to come back into the competition uh, very soon, but we have a 10-team comp at the moment. It is flying at the moment when it comes to not only the standard of it, but also the always on the TV and also listening on SEN uh, SEN League. So um, what we could do is if we had that weekend off next weekend for our final eight teams... We could just have a complete weekend which focuses on the NRLW. And I think that's a really important thing, just to be able to own that space. The AFL don't have that. Their comp just goes goes blank for a week. They have some off-field talk, they have some draft discussions they have, trade all sort of stuff we don't understand in rugby league and rugby. And uh, But in saying that, I think the NRLW could own it. All the other flip side of that stuff is that, is that if you finish the top four, you deserve... You deserve to be there because of the way you've played. 
the bottom eight four teams, well, they're basically scratching to get to get to the final day of the season. Um, should they be given a break to freshen up to sort of match the top four sides? The other alternative is when we find out our two grand final teams, Taffy, after our grand final qualifiers, our preliminary finals, should we have a week off then and then play the grand final, like Super, like Super Bowl does? Whereas if you know, we do take your A-laws now, if Sean Johnson, for example, gets a head knock in the grand final qualifier and he's not available seven days later, well, you know, we want to see the best players on the field. So there's two trains of thought there. There's two arguments, I think, that are in the best interest of the game. Yeah, I sort of thought if they could time the NRL W to... They, if they did have that week off for the NRL, the week that they do have off, make that the NRL W playoffs. That that would be awesome. Yeah, well, the, the grand final of the NRLW will fall on the same day, and I just think that I just think there's an opportunity for them to own that space, and mm. we've got to continue owning that space. And um, you know, so I think there's a few decisions around the judiciary. I think they need to not not blow up that system, but I think they need to streamline a little bit more, and I think they really need to review that at season's end. And also, uh, I feel as though that this discussion around do we have a week off next week or the week before the grand final with the HOA rules, I think I think there needs to be some debate around that when they review the season, the NRL. A few people want your unbiased opinion about the Warriors and these, these concerns, we've had quite a few texts about the lead into the playoffs for the Warriors and I'll just throw some teams and some numbers. Canberra 7th on the table, Titans 13, West 17, Manly 12, Dragons 16 and now Dolphins 14. Uh, it's great while it's happening and we're winning the games and earning the points do you think that could pose a problem? We haven't had a, a Brisbane, a Melbourne, a Penrith, um, a Souths in the last couple of months? If you're a team that's used to playing in the finals, I would say yes, it would be a problem because you, you like to go in really battle-hardened. When you're a team that hasn't been used to winning over the last couple of seasons, you take any win that you can and you build as much confidence as you can and you allow that psychology to take you into the finals. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are saying... You know, so-called experts in Australia, Australia that are saying the Warriors are, we're just making up the numbers when it comes to the top four. And I always say, and I said it last night on the show, Staffy, be careful underestimating team that everyone underestimates because when you build confidence through wins, and it doesn't matter how you get those wins, you still win. And when you win, you, you gather this, this, this great resilience amongst your playing group where you feel as though you're unbeatable. So beating the 17th ranked team as opposed to being the first-ranked team, you're still winning at the end of the day. So you've got to take your wins and what they're, what's put in front of you. And what the Warriors have been doing is they've been winning games they're expected to win. They're the hardest games to win, Staffy, the games you're expected to win. So I think that's a pleasing a pleasing uh, situation for Andrew Webster and the players. So uh, I think the Warriors are going to pose a huge threat to this competition. I just think on the wave of the emotion from the fans and the and the great support they've been getting. But on the back of that, just um, just the way they've been winning. They've been winning tough, and I think that's really important. And I think they've got to take that and use that as an advantage. Text from Mark on the Tampa Bear Post text line says, Staffy, could you please ask Scott Sattler if he thinks Souths will beat the Roosters tomorrow night? He's obviously one of those team's fans. <laughs> well, you know what, Staffy and listeners, I think... Um, this is obviously the game of the round because there's so much at stake. Mm. I think, and no Latrell Mitchell, 
which probably could be a good thing, actually. It might be a bad thing, and that's a blight on Latrell. I just think if Souths can get to the finals, which is tough enough as it is, unleash Latrell in the first week of the finals, and, and we'll see a beast emerge. I think on the back of what's happened two weeks ago, a week and a bit ago, with Sam Burgess leaving the club last week, mm. he's planted a bit of a seed amongst the club about whether they need to ask philosophical questions about their uh, conviction and their ability to set standards, which obviously based on results, some of those standards have, have really dropped over the last few weeks of South after Origin. So I feel as though that you know, guys like Cody Walker and, and Damien Cook and Cam Murray and um, you know, Campbell Graham, just to name a few of them, Joy Arrow to Junior's I feel as though that because of what's happened between that whole dynamic, Sam Burgess, him leaving the club, I think I think they might start questioning themselves about whether they need to lift a gear. And um, I know that the Roosters have got James Tedesco back, but Joey Manu looks like missing with a, with a hamstring injury. So based on what happened at South, I think South may win this by two points. It even may go down to golden point because mm. the NRL is salivating how the season's finished out with these two teams fighting over race position. So at the moment, I'm saying South, just purely based on their, their cage being rattled last week with the Sam Burgess situation. Last question, Sats, and I feel like a group of mates may have colluded and all texting the same question from different phone numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're saying, you know, like, uh, they've worded it differently, so I'll paraphrase. You played with some absolute greats like Wally Lewis, etc., but they want to know what Mark Guy was like, such an animal on the field, but was he a prankster or was he a hard bugger off the field? It was all, it was all of the above, uh, Stassi and, uh, and listeners. He was... Uh, before the game, there's a two-minute buzzer that goes in the dressing sheds, which tells you you're about to run out. Uh, when the two-minute buzzer goes, he used to he used to march up and down the dressing sheds, and his eyes would be turning, and he was like a lunatic about to be released to the <laughs> asylum. And and um, when you'd release him, and when he was on form, he was devastating. Off the field, uh, absolute gangster, and also he doesn't want. Is a massive kleptomaniac. He used to steal your clothes at training. So he'd turn up in his training clothes, <laughs> and then while you were having a shower, he, he'd have a shower, and then he'd walk in, and he'd use someone's towel who was in the shower, and then he'd give it on the hook again, and then he'd grab that person's shorts over there and that person's shirt, and he'd just walk out with his boots <laughs> and his training gear in his hands, and then you'd come back from the shower, and your clothes would be gone. So you're going home in the towel. That's it. So... Um, yeah, he's, he's a great character and one of the great human beings. He's just he's a, he's so enjoyable to be around. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy, MC, but an absolute lunatic on the field. Yeah, oh, we need the characters and we've got them, and they're still they're still around as well. Hey, Sats, really appreciate your time talking to us on Running It Straight. We'll stay in touch um, as always. Thanks heaps for your time. I'm in Auckland on Sunday, Monday, Staffy, for the Simon Mannering Medal. So I absolutely, I'm so excited about being at, at that awards night for, after such uh, a special year so far. There's still so much more to play for. Just brilliant. Good to have you here too, mate. Good to have you here. Pop your head in if you get a spare few minutes. I will be. I will be Monday afternoon. So I'll see you then. And uh, yeah, great to catch up. Cheers, buddy. There he is, folks. Penrith Rugby League legend Scotty Sattler joining us. We'll take news. And after that, Cam George, CEO of the Warriors.